Are you ready? There's no crying in baseball. You think you can tell us what to do? Alrighty then. You think you can tell us what to wear? Alright, alright, alright. You think that you're better? Just a bit outside. You can't handle the truth. And here we go. All right, all right, all right. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Morning Heaters. Morning Heaters, a Performance Edge podcast. I am your host, Derek Spivey, sitting here, as always, Mr. J.R. Barden, Mr. Chris Parsons. How are you guys doing today? Doing well. Wonderful, Derek. Absolutely. Guess what? Super Bowl week, right? Tampa Bay, Kansas City Chiefs. Who you got? Tampa Bay. You, you didn't say that very Tampa Bay. Here's here's my fix on it. I don't know, did much a whole lot of football, but the Chiefs have a, a very very well coached team and a better supporting cast than 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 Tampa Bay, right? But you're facing the goat, and anything can happen, and that's that's the bottom line. You never know what you're going to get. I feel like at any moment, yeah, no matter who Kansas City is playing, right, they can go off at any point. They got the quarterback, they got the wide receiver, they got the speed, and now they can play defense. They've got opportunity. A lot of things need to go Tampa Bay's way. They need some luck. Everything has to go the way they win this game. And however, they just happen to have the guy to do it. I am totally, I'm cool. Love to see Mahomes win one. Andy Reid, love the story, win another one. But I really, really want to see Tom Brady go. Just so I can say, I grew up with, you know, my dad, you know, he got to talk about Elway and he got to talk about Montana. I get to talk about Tom Brady, right? At least for a moment, my Cowboys aren't playing, so I'm jumping on for Tom Brady this Sunday. And, yes, we are training this Sunday for everybody listening. We'll have the game on here. Maybe. I don't know if Sling holds it. If not, that sucks. Um, but either way, we are rolling with it. I'm excited. I love this week. It is sad, too, because that means once Monday gets here, football's over. We hit a little, we hit a little lull, you know, in the, in the sports world once Super Bowl Sunday is over with. That's maybe. why I'm a hockey no, fan. No baseball. Basketball's, you know, doing its – Thing, whatever. Soccer? I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Still trying to figure out what offsides means, but we'll figure that out eventually. Now, I'm, I am a hockey fan, so I can keep interested. Golf is back. Uh, yeah. um, kind of. Still weird without Masters fans. coming up pretty, pretty quick. Coming though. in April. Yes, sir. The Masters. You see Phil Mickelson hit bombs. And that's what I'm going to do today. Hit bombs. Absolute bombs. All right. No. Great show for you lined up today. Interview. Um, we did this interview. Um, a couple weeks back, and we wanted to wait till today um, to bring it out. So we got Kayla Matthews, interview with Kayla Matthews, um, just signed with Rice University. It's official now. and um, Also a player of the week for Performance Edge. Yeah, player athlete, of the month. Athlete, athlete, athlete of the month. Athlete, athlete, athlete of the month. And uh, give a showcase to him. And, and That was before he committed too, by the way. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, yeah he was. And he, he's basically the athlete of the month every time, everywhere he goes. I mean, Caleb Matthews represents, um, he, he represents the modern athlete very well. Doesn't make excuses. He gets out there. We wanted to bring something different. We're always interviewing coaches and, and pro guys. Why not? Let's try to interview a guy who's actually doing it and coming up. And, and his interview was incredible. All right. And, and keep in mind when you're doing these interviews, it's not easy. Right to get up here and just speak and talk. For some of us, talking comes easier than others. Yeah, I see y'all. Dynamite um, drop in there, Monty. Yeah, 
<laughs> I was more so actually making a joke against myself, but I get that. Sorry, Chris. No, you sure. look, he's uh, fine. You yeah. look right at him. There's yeah. no way. I, I did glare that way. My bad. But no, he did a good job. He came in here and he owned it and he told his story. And, and the reason why that matters is, is there's a lot of guys who are in his situation, right? And uh, we'll go into details, but you know, he, he got his college, his college uh, scholarship late. And everybody's talking about COVID and there's not money available. There is. There's opportunities available. It just may not be exactly what you want when you want. But his story is great. He's a great athlete. And I'm not saying like he's just the greatest thing ever. He's a great person. He's a great kid and a phenomenal athlete. And he shapes it well. Whatever this guy does in life is probably going to be good because his values and his core is there. I love the way he talks about high school baseball. I love the way he gives credit to his high school coach and his relationship that he has there. He talks well about every select organization that he's played for, his family, us. I mean, that's what you want in an athlete. So I'm really looking forward to people hearing from a high school kid's point of view. Why you should listen to that is because he's actually doing it. As he's we're walking the walk, it, right? He's now. walking the walk. And he, like he said, he's not finished yet. Okay. So I hope you guys really enjoy that. And uh, it'll be the last show. Um, also, where you get to hear uh, Daniel Mingdon tune in. Our, our, our boy Daniel has since then has, has disappeared. He's left, man. Went to South Korea, uh, going to work, and absolutely rooting for him. We'll have him on here soon. Uh, we'll Zooming with Daniel. Wait, 15 four, hours. 40, yeah, 40, 50, 50 yeah. hour difference? He'll be a day yeah. ahead of us, so he'll be in the future. And uh, <laughs> But no, it, it's, it's absolutely great. I'm, I'm looking forward to it, and I hope you guys enjoy this segment as much as we did recording it. And um, looking forward to it. All right, so um, we got a we got another guest with us today, um, Kayla Matthews from Katy High School, one of our athletes that trains with us at Performance Edge, and um, really awesome to have him in here and have a high school student being coming and talking. You know, especially when we always, you know, we talk about major league players, we talk about professional athletes in college, but we thought it'd be cool to bring in a high school athlete who's actually doing it, going through it, the recruiting process, and training and growing. So. Um, I love his perspective. So for those of you who don't know, Caleb Matthews is Katie High School, right? The Katie High School, that's right. Um, he is a uh, two-time uh, captain there. He's a senior, 2021, uh, just verbally committed to the Rice University. So we'll talk to him about that. He's a two-way player. They say he's a two-way player. <laughs> I'm biased probably. I see him on the mound. But, uh, yeah, no, hey. Welcome, uh, Caleb Matthews, man. Welcome. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Do you want to push the button? <laughs> just wait, just let you play through. Hold Thank on. You. Okay, you can stop it. He's been waiting all day <laughs> for that right there. Very <laughs> <laughs> good. Yeah, it's good. So what's up, man? How are you? I'm doing great. Uh, I'm really happy to be here. Excited to talk about uh, all these topics and get this ball going. Yeah, I mean, so... Hey, address the big one. I mean, um, you know, everybody who's listening, you know, they don't they don't understand it, but uh comes down to it, signing days here and and Caleb Matthews has nowhere to sign, nothing nothing to sign, like no offers. And uh the reason why it, I like that is that so many guys are in your situation. And I really maybe yours was COVID impacted or not. We can always we'll always blame it on that, but paint a picture of Caleb. Caleb is a smaller frame guy, right? Um, not prototypical, which is kind of what's happening in baseball, but has an incredible summer. I mean, uh, for a guy going into senior year who's, you know, basically sitting 88, uh, you can check out his YouTube channel for the proof if you need it. But the guy sitting 88 spins a breaking ball very well. High pitch ability, as Daniel likes to talk about, throws with conviction, and he's a pitcher. He's a, he's a dirt bag. Um, no offers. 
and which which blows my mind and it has nothing to do with organizations and who he's playing with because at the end of the day when you're a dude and you can throw it doesn't and it shouldn't matter who you're playing summer ball with they find you he's the guy who slipped under the radar so here we come to signing day in november and caleb has nothing um and so um I know along with other guys, organizations, we, you know, we, we kind of went to work and started reaching out to some junior colleges and stuff like that. And I remember having a conversation with him. There was one school in particular. So he's looking, hey, I'm going to go Juco, get the opportunity. I want to play and show these guys that I'm D1. He never doubted it. He's like, hey, I, I just may need a little bit more time here. But there was one school in particular that he said, if they offer, I would commit Division One right now. Like, Who is that? Who is that? Rice University. Rice University, and um, stroke of luck, God willing, he got that phone call and got that offer. So, uh, yeah, talk about that, man. So, I mean, yeah, it's been pretty crazy. Like, going back to whenever COVID hit, I mean, it just shut everything down, all the communication with all the co- all the coaches and schools I've, I've been talking to. I mean, I've always it's always been my dream to play Division One ball. And whenever COVID hit, I mean, the dream was still always there, but just, like, the thought of is it really going to happen right now after – coming out of high school, I mean, it's, it was just kind of blurry. It was like, I was thinking more junior college might be the route. And talking to these schools throughout the summer, it was just, it, I didn't get anything that I really, like, fell in love with and something that I wanted to make a commitment to. So, But then throughout the fall, um, well, I started coming here around quarantine and started, like, getting in a consistent routine and starting to make a name for myself. I mean, like you said, being a smaller frame guy, kind of slipping under the radar, but... Um, then coming here, I started really understanding my body and how, to, how it works and how to maximize the efficiency of all that good stuff. Uh, started making these consistent jumps. And then it started opening up a lot of doors and a lot of more, a lot more coaches reaching out and starting to uh, get in contact with, with more and more schools. And then whenever I got the rice call, I mean, I jumped all over. Getting, it's always been a dream to play there. Getting a scholarship to a school like that, two-way, I mean, it's a dream come true. It's like such a prestigious institution and it's just the best of all of all worlds when it comes to academically and athletically. So, I was I'm beyond excited about it. So you were thrown a challenge, you trusted the process, you kept working hard, and you got rewarded. That's right. And you challenged the process. Yes, he did. No, no, no calls, no nothing. Getting his working every day, working hard, playing ball, getting better, trusting the process. Being a good teammate, trusting the process and working hard, trusting your dream, trusting what you want, you will get it. And you were rewarded with Rice University where you wanted to go. Right. I commend you for that. Thank you so much. And like players can take they can take it either way. Like whenever uh, all the COVID stuff was going on, some people just sat back and hey, whatever. I'm it's it's all going a mess right now. But then other people, like a bunch of my buddies and a bunch of people with the same mind as me, we took it as like hey, I need to work harder. I need to prove myself. It lit a fire under us and really got more and more dedicated and started working even harder than before. And, and yeah, we got the, I got rewarded. I, I think a lot of people, uh, again, for, for parents or the forums and Facebook, you know, if there's one thing I'd like to get across the messages is that it's not just a hobby at this point for these guys. It's their life. They've, they've put so much time in. And when you start to hit that level of talent that, you, you know, I can possibly do this. I could play at a division one or a division two school. Now where you go, you know, what school you're going to, what degree you're getting, how much it's going to cost. It could set you up where you're going to be the next 20, 30 years in your life. So for them, you know, I heard somebody talk about less well, first world problems or whatever for these guys, like this is a big problem for a guy like that. 
a kid like Caleb or whoever who's been training and like pinning his whole life on his academics to keep them up. I mean, to go to Rice, I mean, you have to, there's a standard there academically. Yeah, that's not easy. Yeah, to play at Rice, there's a standard there athletically, and he's not the only one, but this is a lifestyle change that's hit them, so I like that. And when I talk about that, and JR, you can touch on this from the years and, and experience you have in working with so many draft picks, working with so many Division One players, and, and being on that side of select baseball to get them there. I mean, it is a lifestyle for these guys. It's, it's important. It's business. It's They take this stuff very seriously. 15, 16 years old, I mean, that's the road they're headed on. Yeah, no doubt. So it's one of those things that, as Daniel said a little while ago, you know, the, the, these, I'm going to call them elitist type players because that's what you are. You know, if you're a, if you're a major division one player, like you're, you're a, a very low percentage, right? Um, that's that's what it means. When he's talking about the process and, and and the dedication and being a good teammate. Those things matter to those guys all the time. You know what I mean? Like that's that's, that's the most important process for them. Sometimes they you know they can be criticized as being individuals. But they know what they want. I don't. I don't. I've never criticized a guy for wanting more, and you know, and wanting to be a Division One player or wanting what's best for them. You know, I've I've never I've never downplayed that ever at one time because it's it, that's what matters to them. That's their dream. That's their process. Go for it. You know, they're still good teammates. You know, what I mean, there's also other individuals that we've, we've run across that it's all about me. and They don't give a shit about anything else. Those guys don't make it. They don't. They might get their shot. But in six weeks, they're out of pro ball. That's that's how they, you know, and yeah. they, they get exposed really fast to that. So on that, I mean, Caleb, I'd like to get your thoughts on this. What age does that start? Like for you, when did you start to look around? I mean, I know at young age when we're 12 and 13, we're all the next Barry Bonds or, or, or whatever. But I really, at, at what age would you say it matters to really start diving in and focusing on the training and the development of the body, of the arm, of the bat? to start putting all your resources and time into that. When does that start? I mean, like you said, a, a very young age, of course. But whenever I really, really started getting serious, I'd say as soon as high school ball started. And then just making the team and just wanting to make the varsity roster, that's like where I saw my first, like, that's like my first main goal. Like, whenever I entered high school ball, I want to be I want to be a dude at the school. I want to prove myself here so I can, that's like the next step. So whenever high school started, I really, really started, like, working a lot harder uh, and just like, cause I wanted to reach my goals and I wanted to be the best, the best dude. I wanted to be like the best player around and then starting, starting to continue that throughout and start setting new goals at each, after each year and new steps and all that. So at 15, you like, that's, that's, this is what I want to do. Yes. So and like, it's it, it, like I said earlier, it was my dream. It, it's always been my dream to play at a, I want to play at a top division one school that, and uh, and like my acad- like academically, I've always been super big on all of that, mm-hmm. and then getting the opportunity to do that somewhere like Rice, and like I considered like Harvard and these other big schools that I've really set my goals on that and worked hard towards that. And it just like e- as as each year goes on, it's like there's a new level of like work ethic you need to have, and it just builds year after year. And unfortunately, there's a lot of kids who walk through our door really almost weekly. The fact that they're 17 or 18 years old and they're like, all right, I'm ready to try to figure it out now. It's a little yeah. late for that, right? You know what I mean. So being being 15 years old and, and making a, a life altering decision, uh, that's that's a that's a pretty pretty sweet situation. Right, to be like in. bending that building that foundation from a young age really is beneficial. Absolutely. No, and just like Robbie said, you know, when he made varsity his freshman year, that was his one of his biggest goals and one of his best years. You know, I was also. Uh, you know, I I made I made varsity my freshman year too, and that was one of my greatest achievements going into high school 
Back in those catching days, Daniel. I was back. That, that's what that's what got me there. Actually, I wasn't. I was just a thrower at that time. But uh, yeah, like he said, Stop you it. know, 15, 15, 16 years old. I mean, that's when you really got to turn it on. That's that's when you know everything really starts, in my opinion. And like you said, those guys that come in seventeen, eighteen, they're they're behind. They gotta, you know, they think they have it all figured out, and then all of a sudden. I think when they get to that age and they go, oh, I need help. And then that's when they kind of figure out that they need help. And what, it's just, you know, I think freshman, sophomore year is really when you need to start that uptake and really start going. The moral of the story, don't come to Performance Edge thinking that we're going to we're gonna help you out at 18 years old. Start at 14. Come at 15. Yeah. Start, start it early. Get in, get in, walk yeah. through the door early. Yeah, and we have had some guys who come in at 17, 18 last minute. You're able to make some impacts. But a lot of those guys, there's one I can think in particular, Orion Dryman from um, Langham Creek High School. He comes in December of his senior year, 82, 83. Again, kind of a small frame guy. And he's like, I have these goals of playing college baseball. And it's like, uh, okay, let's see what we can do. But he came in here at that point, at least he knew he needed it. So we were able to, to work with him, and God, the kid just dedicated himself. He was able to graduate now, 85, 86. But the process, we got an opportunity to college, and it hasn't started. So he sent me a video this past fall. So fast forward two years later, now he's 90, 91. And I think that's what JR is touching on. If we could have started that a little bit earlier, and that's what we need to address is, is like we talked about it before. I talked about it in my first podcast, The Want versus the need like you knew at some point and i talk about that like i need to get better to hit these goals when you need it you know you need it boom you're in you'll do it when it's a want it's just a little bit different um you know one thing i noticed is like every time we talk to a professional athlete no matter what they always talk about their high school days they talk about how they competed in high school and it just one it's very important to them and i think that's an important message for all of our athletes in today's with the select world and the recruiting and the twitter and all these things going on High school baseball matters. Like how awesome would it be to go into your summer after your junior year uh, or even your sophomore year and, and guy likes your stuff? Because think about it. Now that we're all transitioning to data, rap soto, all these numbers, right? Uh, exit velos. Guess what? Everybody's going to start following that trend. So everybody's going to start having 90 exit velos. Everybody's going to start looking 80 on the mound. You just start hurting together. But however... Think about if you're the guy who's 87, 88, and you can also say, look what I did at a 5A or a 6A level in Texas. Oh, you can pitch with that? Oh, you can get guys out? I think that guy may separate himself from the pack a little bit. And then they pick up the phone and they call that high school coach whose opinion does matter because he's in that grind and he's a, he's a great teammate. He takes care of his academics. The guy shows up. He's a two-time captain on our team. Yeah, I think he can help win. So that's why college, high school baseball can't grade. Can you go out there and compete? Can you go out there and put a team on your back and make something bigger than yourself matter? Because really, that's what college baseball is. It's not about you anymore, bud. It's about what's on that jersey and that, you know, on your chest. So for you, you go to Katy High School. We were talking Colts earlier. Nah, never mind. It's a football Colts. They're red, red Coats. Well, <laughs> hey, one thing I'll tell you, man, any Katy High School kid that we've ever had the opportunity to train, there's been quite a few. Uh, there's a chip on their shoulder. And I think the football sets the tone there, just how it is. It's a win program, and it's the athletes that do it. The coaches set the culture, and it just feeds through every program they have there. And Coach Mack, you know, has been there for years, and an incredible – isn't he the winningest? Yeah, he has over 800 wins. He hit that my sophomore year, and I just couldn't say enough great things about him. He's a, he has a ton of knowledge. He, like, I couldn't – he's just he's done a – 
amazing things for me in the program there and just like he's really helped the foundation for for me and my teammates to just to prolong our to get us to the next step and he's just helped out tremendously it must be doing something right because every time you walk in here you're always wearing red red hat um red shirt red shoes i mean you it's like kate when you go to katie you have to let everybody else know you go to katie it's a thing is it cool to go to Katy? It is. It's 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 truly a blessing, and just I like to show off, like, hey, I go to Katy. I'm a tiger. Well, it has nothing and to do has nothing to do with you your, your last period of the day being baseball class, and then you go from baseball class to here. It has nothing to do with that, right? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, well, okay. Well, he said it's the fact like we we always have practice after school, but I mean, him along with you guys always like it's like I always want to keep working. Like, I, I, we have practice after school. Why not go work for another two hours out of performance? So it's always just staying those extra those extra hours and really falling in love with the process. It's not just like, oh, I have to go train, I have to go work. It's it's being in love with that process and with that training. Well, that's what I always said, too, is people ask me, how, like, what's it like? And they, I tell them, I'm training all the time. And the moment it becomes a job, the moment it becomes, oh, I have to go work out, like, I have to train, I have to do this, what am I doing it for? I love coming in here every morning. I, I want to be here every morning, bright and early, be here as long as I can, help out whoever I can. If they need help, if they come ask me or if I see someone in need. But it's just I love the grind. I love every part of it. And that's the, and so far, I think that you enjoy it enough and you love it. And clearly, I think it's it's shown. And that's why you're here as, you know, the, the player of the month. And that's why you're now committed to Rice. Yes, sir. Yeah, so for that, I mean, you know, Daniel just said it, you know, um, Caleb is our Performance Edge Player of the Month, and and honestly, he was nominated and got it before the commitment to rise, and it was like two days later, I got a text, like, hey, I got some exciting news, um, but, you know, I'll say that, you, you are the Player of the Month because uh, you, you're a leader um, on the field, off the field, you're a leader when you walk in here, you come in and you do your business, you're such a great communicator in what you want, you ask questions, um, and, and you challenge me to be better. You challenge Chris and all of our trainers to be better and be on top of it. And that's absolutely what we want. You're not a yes guy, right? I think everybody thinks being coachable is being a yes guy. You're coachable because you show us every day you want more. Like, hey, I'm here. Give me everything you got. Show me a process and show me a way. So you're player of the month because I think you absolutely represent everything that we want in our athletes. It has nothing to do with you being division one. Um, you know, our next player of the month or our next athlete represent may not be division one. They could be D two, D three, but as long as they have that mindset where academics matter, uh, friends and family matter and what I'm doing in here, every step matters. I mean, that's it. So congratulations to you on that. Um, you're, 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 again, we love having you here, man. We appreciate the effort you bring and you just walking in the door. I don't know if you know that, that impact that you have on everybody else, you know, people know you and people have known your name, not because you're Caleb Matthews, you know, a division one ball player. That's literally like in the process of happening just because, oh, there's Caleb, man, that guy just, you're that guy. You're like Daniel was in high school before he was Daniel Mingdon and mustache. He was just a presence that he knew Every time he stepped on the mound in high school ball, it mattered, and he carried his team around him. So, again, there must be something in the water over at Katie High School or Coach Mack is doing because, no, I will tell you, I, I will I will applaud. Oh, no, wrong button. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There it is. There it is. He's learning it, guys. Um, yeah, I will applaud Coach Mack and Katie High School. Every Katie High School athlete we get in here has that work ethic and has that determination. So for you, man, congratulations on Player of the Month. 
congratulations on your verbal commitment to Rice University. And uh, I, I think your better days are ahead of you, man. I'm looking yes, forward sir. to it. Only I really the beginning. appreciate it. Thank you so much. Hey, last question for you. If you have any advice, I mean, you're living it. Every kid is playing 5U baseball, uh, right? <laughs> Every kid that's playing with select organizations, high school all the way down, right? They start, that's where you started. You're living what they want. What would be your advice for them? My biggest thing would be get under a routine and there's always someone that's going to be outworking you. So while, while you're just sitting there, there's there are people outworking you at all times. You need to start that routine and just, I mean, fall in love with it if you can. And if you aren't, like like Daniel said earlier, it's why are you doing it if you're not in love with it? So, I mean, if, if it's like really your passion, which it was mine from a young, very, really young age, get after it. Like, just never stop. I mean... Just, yeah, those routines, which I've really gotten more and more some as I've gotten older. I wish I started those younger and knew the things I did now when it came to all that. Just stay dedicated, stay hardworking, and don't let anyone tell you that you can't do it. Because, I mean, once COVID hit, being an undersized guy, I've heard plenty of those things. And just that all all it did was make more motivation for me to prove everyone wrong. And, hey, I did it. And And I'm not done. There's still plenty more to go. So just stay motivated and stay grinding. I can, you can't argue with that. I mean, honestly, you can't say it better. This is why he's going. <laughs> this is why he's going to Rice. It's, are you available? Like a new host right here. Wow. Uh, no, again, thank you so much for taking the time tonight to uh, be on the show with us, and uh, look forward to seeing it. And uh, I think training tomorrow, right? That's right. That's right. You make sure I'll you're here. here. Every day. Every That's day. Right. Keep grinding. Absolutely. Hey, Thanks Caleb so Matthews, everybody. Uh, check him out. Make sure you look for him down the road. Go watch him this year in spring. Hey, COVID pending. Hopefully you get to go out there and watch him at Katie High and uh, see him try to win a, a district championship. Thanks, Caleb. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Yeah, so, hey, man, I'm really, really glad we were able to have Caleb Matthews on the air. What a cool kid, right? Yeah, I mean, that was incredible. Let's I mean, Spoke well, carried himself well. I mean, you—he's coming for your job. I know. That's, Trust me, like he—he he said it perfectly. I, that's what's—I come in here every day working hard because there's an entire line of guys behind me. Yeah, I can't see them. I don't know how hard they're working. I have to work as hard as uh, I can to make yeah. sure I have that edge. I meant he was coming for your co-hosting job. Sorry. I, oh, yeah. yeah. No, that's that, that, that's that Mike Tyson mindset, though. Why do you wake up and train at 2.30 in the morning? Because I know my opponents are sleeping. Yes. There you go. You know, yeah. baddest, baddest man on the planet for a long time. Still by the is, way, by the way. I, I don't know if anybody saw that fight. Mike Tyson won that fight. No doubt. Oh, he oh, set yeah. it up. So I mean, You know that's Mike Tyson's company, but yeah. I, I bought in. Kobe, did you, did, you, did you order the fight? No, you didn't order the fight? I figured that would be right up your alley, man. Dude, Mike Tyson still got it. Still got it. I guess we're not going to talk about Mike Tyson because I'm the only one that ordered the fight. No, um, I saw it. At the deer lease. Deer hunting. Yes. Golly. Yeah. All right. So we're going to roll into it. You know, one of the questions I, I, I want to get to a topic here, um, just modern day baseball training specifically for that. And I'm talking from youth all the way through professional athletes. We're bringing in tech. Um, we're bringing in more coaches, more training, more data, more seminars, um, more baseball. It's all happening, right? Uh, I love the argument when somebody doesn't do anything, right? They start bringing stuff. They blast them. Oh, it's a business and it's money, whatever. Just specifically on the training, kids playing more, doing it. My question is, is, is it needed or is it overkill? I think you just have to have a happy medium. <clears throat> you have to make sure 
that you're not overdoing it because I've seen a lot of kids just get burnt out because their parents are just shoveling them into baseball constantly every week, doing this, doing that, doing that. And as I grew up, I saw kids slowly get burnt out. They were really good athletes, but it got to the point where they were just like, hmm. Maybe they didn't love it as much. Maybe I, there could be, you know, tons of factors that are going into it. But, you know, the year-round youth, I just think it's I think it's a little slight overkill. Just on the fact of, you know, you can throw, I can throw a ton of things into the basket. I could throw injuries. I could throw in just the burnout, you know, not letting the kid, you know, live a little bit. Like, don't just, don't crush him with baseball his whole life. If he wants to do something else, like I, I swam, I played basketball, I played soccer, I tried different dance? things. I danced. Um, thank you. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of things you just, you know, explore, figure out who you are as a person and as an athlete and find what you love to do. And I, some players I grew up with ended up playing football, ended up doing different sports, ended up following different paths. So I think there's just a lot into it, but I think it's slightly a little bit overkill. Yeah, I, I think when we see, because it's definitely something that we didn't do in our generation it's something that even when you were really coaching that you didn't do as much I mean it just keeps going we're having summer select tryouts are now in December right and I hear oh COVID this and that no you're not what happened is is one big organization in Houston said hey we're having our tryouts in December so everybody scrambles we got to have ours in December because we don't have ours in December they're going to get the players so then next thing you know Everybody's having tryouts. So guess what will happen? Ready? I'm going to say it here. Soon we'll be having it Thanksgiving week. It just becomes early. Then they'll be doing year-round stuff. Hey, I mean, your, when, when is your fall shutdown? When, oh, it shuts down November you know, 15th. Okay, I, well, our tryouts are going to be the week uh, the weekend after Thanksgiving. Yeah, I, I was listening to the, the Wind Up the, the Wind Up podcast the other day, which which I love listening to those guys. They do a great job locally, and they were talking about in the fall, and one of them joked and was like, is it really in the fall? Do we even have a fall anymore in, in, in winter? I mean, there's tournaments being played this weekend. Um, I'm going to – I know JR is going to say something about that in a minute, right? But, I mean, we're going to play up till Christmas. There's no stop anymore. There's some there are, I mean, there's just absolutely zero stop. And I think for us, it's weird because we just didn't do it. So what if that is fun? I mean, is it possible? I mean, my kid's three. Maybe I'm going to find out in, golly, two years. But maybe it's fun to spend every weekend of your life at Premier or Baseball USA playing at 8 in the morning, getting there at 7, you know, listening to parents yell and complaining and bitching about the umpires. Maybe that's fun. I mean, I, I mean but then I guess – I'll play devil's advocate here. I mean, when I was growing up too, when I was, you know, 11, 12, 13, 14, we played, I think, seven to 10 games in a weekend. You know, you're playing four qualifying games and then you go into, you know, the the whole Sunday all day long playing seven games. So, I mean. <laughs> you must have been on one of them good teams. <laughs> well, I mean, we were we were always pretty good. We always, <laughs> we, were, we were always up there. Um, but, I mean, still, like, we, but it, those are, Probably if you're on a better team, you have better players as a whole. And so you're talking about those young athletes getting overworked and then, you know, never taking time off, you know, just always constantly playing. And then that's one thing I really learned kind of later in the process was we did only play games. We never specifically sat down and trained till yeah. I met Derek Spivey. Coincidentally. So yeah. I mean, and yeah. <clears throat> when I got to high school, I never really sat down and had a a program. It was literally, hey, go grab that bucket of balls. Let's go play catch. Let's just go hit batting practice. Let's just go. And that was it. There was never really a a, 
a concrete process to get better. It was just, I'm either going to get better with my play or I'm just going to fall behind. There was never an aspect of, you know, training and getting better. I think what we do on this podcast, I, I think we need to find a couple parents who are doing it, like seven and eight you who are just really in it and bring them in and ask them why they do it. Because it's easy for us to sit here and say, oh, it's crazy. Because to me, it is crazy. I love watching football on Sundays and and fall. Again, I'm a dad. I may learn. I like going to the, the ranch with JR, you know, and hanging out there on some weekends. And if we're playing select ball every weekend, I ain't going to the ranch. But I love to hear their pers- you know, perspective of why. And because I'll tell you the one argument that I, I just won't take, and, and parents listen to this, I won't take it at 9, 10, 11, you that we're doing it for a college scholarship. I won't do that at 15, 16 years old because it, it's simple math, right, of what you're paying in yearly dues. Am I right or wrong? I think those coaches deserve their money and their time, by the way. But what you're paying in monthly fees and dues and training, well, multiply that times eight and 12 year over eight to 12 years you probably spent that college scholarship. So I want to know the reason. I want to get behind this. I mean, I didn't I don't I don't I didn't start playing select ball till I was I think 11 or 12, maybe 12. I played little league just cuz I did my little league summer or the, the spring little league season and and I turned off baseball, then I swam, then I played fall soccer. So like I like se- separating it and doing different things like I explained earlier. But, you know, I never I we didn't really dive into the select ball till I was a little bit older. Like, that's why I think the the crazy select ball from super young youth all the way through. I, I just like that to me. I think that's just an overkill. Yeah, and being on some of the forums online. I mean, again, a lot. I think a lot of people from us we talk about hey, old school versus new school. It'd be very old school of us to just sit back and judge them and go, hey, that's not the way we did it. So I kind of after I've been in the forums and again listening to like the wind up podcast, it kind of started giving me a little bit different perspective. I mean, they do enjoy it. There is something fun about yeah, but, it. But at some point, like, okay, so, yeah, I got a Saturday football game at 9 a.m., so I'm going to play the football game. And then my tournament, uh, you know, starts, my, my first game of the tournament is at 6, yeah. at 6 p.m. Then you, so you're playing a football game, and then you got a little bit of a break or a little bit of downtime, grab a tea, maybe take a nap, and then you you start baseball. And then you play two games on Saturday, then you go back on Sunday and play another four games. Like, at what point do you have a break Yeah, as a kid? So as the young gun at the table, I was probably the first generation that did go through year-round select ball. I started when I was eight. Really? I mean, I, I started select ball when I was eight, and we played all the way through. I mean, I did play other sports through junior high, but mostly when I was a kid, it was baseball all all year round. And then it ended up biting me in the butt when I was you know, a sophomore in high school. It's how I tore my labrum. It was either that or the fact that your arm action just never stopped reaching behind your back. But one or the other. Do a wet noodle. No, I mean, I, I get that. And so we, from the injury perspective, this is, this is what I love. You know, what's causing the injuries and what? Okay, real, real simple. We play more baseball. We throw more baseballs. Injuries rise. Less, less rest, less recovery, more throwing. All right. We could flip it the other way and say the bodies just aren't prepared for the workload at that age. And I think everybody thinks that these injuries are happening like on the spot. No, it's years, years. You just, I mean, you 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 had a little elbow procedure, right? Yeah, yeah I had a little debri- uh, debridement surgery. I cleaned up a little bone spur and some mileage, as Dr. Meister would say. Um, you know, just, he said everything looked pretty good. He said, you know, you had a little bit of wear and tear in there and just that one bone spur. But he said, besides that, it's pretty good. But how, how old are you? 27. 27. So you've been playing baseball for almost 20 years now, uh, more like that's why you had that elbow injury. 
and it, the workload that you carried on. And so that's, that's why it's going. So again, and I think what JR just said, there's the outliers, right? There's, there's, there's people out there I see on the forums and talking about it. Like they play baseball year round, but they're dedicated to it. They still get their academics in their own teams that take some breaks a little bit. I'm okay with that. But JR is right. You know, the ones who are at all costs to where it's, let's get into football, let's go basketball, but we got to stay. It's like, why can we not just walk away from two months from the game of baseball? Yeah, stay, stay in touch, you know, stay in touch with the ball in a sense, but don't play. What, what if my, I started know, a year round football team? You know, the backlash I would get on that. It's getting there. Nah, I don't believe it. It's getting look flag flag football now, from a recruiting standpoint. Think about it. Think about your you know your fall you know football schedule. What are the colleges doing? They're practicing and, and playing. Flag football yeah. has completely taken off. It's almost like the same thing with with summer select scene. You know, there's not a whole lot that goes on in the spring. There's still some contact, you know, and, and watching ga- watching games, but nothing like the summer showcase scene with with college recruitment. Wow. And then now all of a sudden, flag football is doing the same thing. They're they're running from from the spring all the way into the summer, when are they taking off? Will they not? Because as soon as as soon as August hits, here's high school football again. Yeah, I love the argument parents always put on there too. Like, all oh, these companies are just doing it for business and they're just doing it to make money. Well, it's called supply and demand. Why, why don't you quit paying it? You know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we had a parent, you know, come in here one time, and I told her the cost of training with us. You know, when I told her it was one hundred twenty-five dollars an hour to work with me individual. You know, now with us, we're, we're, we're bringing programs, we're bringing online opportunities for online programming out multiple days a week. We're bringing technology. We're bringing more than what most are. And she looks at me like, wow, I didn't know it was going to be that much. And I hated that. And my response was, is it's supply and demand. If you're going to pay, if other guys in our area who are charging 100 to 150 an hour for a pitching lesson, we'll go with that. And all they're doing is standing there and catching it. But I'm bringing all this and energy and a whole team of resources. Yeah, you're damn right we're going to charge. And it got to a point where somebody told me that maybe I need to start, you know, making what I'm worth. And that was hard. It's still hard for me. I want to do this as cheap as possible. I want to give. But damn, I mean, it's crazy out there. And why are we able? I mean, we as coaches make more money per hour than what my wife does as a tutor teaching kids how to learn English. Like by double. You gotta love America, man. You gotta love where we're at in today. So all I can say is it's it's great. But you no, know, to keep going with that, and we talk about um, you know near overkill. The 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 one that that kind of gets me is the summer select ball, right? And before I jump on, I'm not saying I hate summer select ball, but it's at what point are we doing it? I ask athletes in here every summer. You know, they come in, they want to train, they want velocity, they want to make some gains, they want to do some stuff on the mound. Great. Then we look at their summer schedule and they're playing seven weekends in a row. When, when, when is it appropriate for us to step in and train, right? At what point does the athlete, because at that point in high school, I think Caleb had touched on it. Daniel, you've touched on it. Um, Robbie touched on it. It comes to a point to where now you're setting your goals to college baseball. So there's a certain standard you have to get to. When do you get away from the game to go train a little bit, go improve, and let's go back? What is, so I guess I'm asking is, what should high school summer select ball travel ball be about jr you, you take that man it's uh <laughs> one of the one of the things that i think is again has changed over over the years um you know 15 years ago it was it was it was the the part of like i want to go you know to this school what do i need to do to 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 get to this point well this is what you need and so you if it's training you 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 bigger faster stronger that's what you do if it's a velocity thing you know go see spivey that's what you do 
but then you, you come back and you showcase it, you know, in, in a, in an environment that's, that's productive where, where, where guys actually see you. And then once you go to that spot, you get them out before things break down and you go, go regroup, you go do it all over again. You know, so it's like for us, you know, we didn't play every weekend. We didn't have to, you know, we, we spent a lot of time on the field, you know, getting stuff done, getting things accomplished in the cage. And then we went and played in those events that benefited our players. And then we came back home and did it all over again. Yeah, I think if you look at now, we're getting to a world where showcases are becoming bigger and bigger and bigger. And every single day. That's now. Yeah, every month, everywhere every I've been invited to this, perfect game, Under Armour. What? So when athletes come to me and they say, should I go to this event? I don't know, should you? Here's my problem with the showcase, right? If a guy like Caleb Matthews goes there as a junior or a senior and he's spinning, you know, breaking balls and he's throwing 88 to 90, a lot of these showcases that everybody's being invited to, he's an outlier. He looks good. You know, there's colleges there. That may be a good opportunity for him. But the, but it's the like the 80-20 rule. 80% of the kids, so if you're looking to go to a showcase and you don't have the tools, you're just average. Well, guess what you're doing? You're going to a place with 100 other and 80 of you are like identical. Like there's there's 20 guys at third base and 19 of them are the same player, right? There's 100 guys in the bullpen and... 80 of them are the same guy. And yet you keep going back to these showcases and we keep feeding it to them. I mean, just think about it. That's it. I mean, attack it like you would a job interview. Like how would you separate yourself in the job interview different from somebody else? It's the same thing. You got to have their credentials. You got to have the tools in the bag. And here's the, here's the one thing that to go on the recruiting process in a sense, if you don't have a, a select coach who is connected, you're wasting your time. And those are the guys that, that are gonna 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 say, okay, you know, Justin Seeley from Texas A&M recruiting coordinator will call and say, hey, who, who do I need to see? Um, you know, and, and okay, well, you need to see this guy, this guy, and this guy, and this guy. Okay, when is he throwing? Well, he's not throwing until Friday, you know, at 10 a.m. You know, and if Seeley's not, you know, if if he can't get there on 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 that Friday, well, when's he gonna throw again? Well, he's not. You know, just he's, yeah, he's long. You know, or most schools will go out there. Or, you know, I say most schools, most most travel ball programs will go out there. And if they can't see the kid, you know, on that particular day, well, I'll tell you what, I'll throw him again two days later. You know, is that really good? Is that healthy? Yeah. It's probably not. You know, but but the point is though, that if you don't have a coach that 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 has has contacts in today's world, um, you're you're wasting your time. If you're showing up just to play games, you're wasting your time. Hey, can I? Yeah. Or the work ethic of that too. I mean, a lot of these coaches not necessarily have the contacts because they're new to it, but they can get them. Mm-hmm. They can get them by working and sending some players there. Like I've personally seen that like we know the 12, we know the banditos, everybody knows them, but Hey, I, I gotta give, I gotta give Mark Klein credit with AB man. And every guy that he's sent, like I've seen his phone and just days where he's got 30 colleges and he is texting, going to get this player there. It may not be Texas. He's not sending every player to Texas or A&M, but he is finding a school for that. So when I send guys and I, re- I refer them to places like AB, like at least I know that one, he's got contact, but he is absolutely working to get players to the next level. So I can get behind those organizations. No, you, you never know who's watching. That's how I always view every single game. In the minor leagues, when you're in the big leagues, when you're growing up, you never know who's watching. So just because, you know, say, you know, Justin Seeley from A&M can't make that 10 a.m. game, what if someone else has trickled in to watch, you know, Derek Spivey that day? And Doubtful. Well, I'm just, you're an example. Yeah. Um, you know, they're watching, you know, some other stud that they're told to watch at that same 10 a.m. game, and then all of a sudden you're throwing, and they go, oh, who's, 
who the heck's this kid? Yeah. And you know, like, hey, what's this kid's name? What you know, you never you never truly know who's watching. So you gotta that's the thing too, is if you're playing all the time, you're gonna be beat up some weekends. Like I never went to any showcases till I think it was like my junior year. Right after a high school season. Yeah. Because if you're pretty good, you're you're probably logging some decent innings in, in a high school season. Again, this year's again different. Yeah. But typically if you if you're out there being recruited, that means you just had a workload in the summer and you're or in the spring and you're going right into it. Yeah, Texas yeah. Texas playoff baseball doesn't you know, it, you're 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 in the state finals, you know, in the middle of June. Yeah. You know. That's what I'm saying. I, I only went to a few showcases growing up, but I I picked and choose that was at that point where I was finally training and learning and trying to get better. I would train for a while, start playing again. And go to one showcase. Yeah. Train for a while. Go to one showcase. There's really, in, in my opinion, there's no point in doing showcase, 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 showcase. Just like you said, is because, you know, out of the 20, there's going to be 15 to, you know, 18 average guys that are pretty much the same with the one or two maybe top guys at that position. So you go into these showcases over and over again. What are you truly doing? Why don't you take a step back? Go try to get better. Yeah, the the hundred, two or three hundred dollars that you're spending in that. Well, time out, time out, time out, time out. You mean seven hundred dollars? Yeah. Really? Yeah. That's well, you got to get there. That's where we're at now. Yeah, you got to get to the showcase wherever it is. That's true. We got people who are flying to Florida like this week, and then we know their showcase is going on. But it's like instead of investing that money there for people to tell you the same thing. I mean, that's this is why I love technology and data. Because you can come and take a swing and we can say, hey, Johnny, you're here. You need to be here. Oh, what are your goals? Well, this is where you're at. Am I ready for a showcase? What does the data tell you? It's that simple. And then you go to work on it. And then you go. So instead of the, you know, as they say, the five, six, seven hundred dollars you're spending, go invest it into a performance edge and train. Go invest it into a DST or a Kevin Poppy and get stronger or a Ben Fairchild somewhere and get better and then when those metrics trick up maybe try the showcase yeah the one the one the one phrase that that comes to mind you hear me say this all the time is those seeking exposure usually wind up exposed the kids that are out there in today's you know game in a sense um they go out there and all all it is is a light bill for that for that recruiting company that's all that's all they're that's all they're collecting It's, it's it's there's no there's no benefit to go out there if you're if you're a below average guy and and want to just, just just I want to go to the showcase just so I so I can go try to try to be showcased because you wind up exposed and it's not stopping. I'm not going to touch on this today. We're going to save it for our next podcast. But now MLB is starting to partner with these companies. That's going to be interesting because now MLB, the mothership itself, is going to be pushing this. And good for them, by the way. Good for the companies who are able to seal that deal. Um, I want to do some more research on why they're doing it. I think we know why, but why, and then talk about it there. So. All right, hey, let's uh, let's move on. Um, uh, last bit here, we got our performance edge training tip of the week. I thought you were gonna hit the board there. Um, <laughs> we're gonna go here with uh, you know from a professional pitcher, um, Daniel Mingan, and um, what you got? Uh, I guess I'll go with throwing with conviction. Uh, a lot of things I see nowadays with a lot of the kids, even some of the kids we have here, is. We get our work in, we do everything, we get warmed up, we go through our whole, you know, training process. And then we just go outside and play lazy catch. That's when we're, if you're a pitcher or even a position player trying to work on your arm action, trying to work on whatever your goals are, whatever your, 
working on, you know, for me, working on scat protraction a little bit, trying to shorten up the arm a little bit, I'm doing that every throw. I'm trying to make sure I'm mastering that. I get, you know, we can't go in the cage and take, you know, 500 swings. We get to play catch 30 to 60 throws outside and slowly build up. And then we throw our bullpens once or twice a week, and you have to slowly, step by step, get better. If we're working on everything, and then we go outside, or we get to the, you know, you get, start to play catch, and it's just that lazy catch again. Why aren't we working on throwing with conviction, throwing with intent, every single throw? Yeah. And so for me, um, when I go outside and play catch, that's my, that's where I'm working. Like I said, you get 30 to 60 throws, depending on where you're at in your throwing program or how you're building up. That is you know, broad numbers there. Um, but every single throw matters. You know, maybe the first five or six to get the arm a little, you know, you know, to get the arm rolled up a little bit and, you know, get it nice and loose once, you know, first couple throws. Every single throw needs to have intent. Every single throw needs to have a purpose. Yeah, I think adding on. So one of the things that we'll do, some of our guys in programming is, is like we'll have change up focus or we'll have breaking ball focus that day just when you're playing catch. And it's just there to remind them like, hey, let's spin. One of the problems I see with young pitchers and young high school pitchers is the only time they throw their change up is when they're on the mound. And what are we typically? 20, 25 pitches. Uh, so five change ups. And then they get to the game and it's just not there. It's not college ready. And that's the goal. If the goal is high school, you know, to get and compete in high school ball or college, you've got to master and throw with it. So to, I guess, transcribe what Daniel's saying, throw with conviction means throw with a purpose. Yeah. Throw, throw with the purpose, have a goal. And then I'll take it one more step further. When now we're on the mound, now we're working and it's trusting, having trust in the pitcher, choosing to throw, having conviction in that pitch and then throwing it. You know, if you go up there hoping or you don't know what's going to happen or I don't know if I should throw this pitch, the pitch is already lost. Yeah. There's zero conviction behind it. There's there um, to me that's just a wasted pitch. If if you're up there and it's 0-2 and your catcher calls a slider. I I, I think I beat him twice with fastballs. I want to beat him again. Uh, catcher called slider. Uh, okay. And you're throwing us no. If you're convicted in a pitch, a convicted pitch in the wrong spot is better than the wrong pitch in the right spot, in my opinion. So you're saying that's something like to be able to get there on a mound and like as you say, you know, throw it with conviction, that's something you have to practice. You just can't show up on game day with that or on the mound. Exactly. You can't just expect to show up and like we're never gonna be perfect. We're never gonna have our best stuff. You know, when yeah. we go out there, hopefully you have all five pitches, but you know, on a good day you may have three or four. And it's just having conviction and if you don't train to throw with conviction how do you expect to put it out, you know, put it all together? Yeah. And so I think there, first of all, the young athletes that are listening and parents, you know, that starts with just warming up, having a set routine and plan. I mean, there's some time for long tossing and letting it fly a little bit, a little different, but throwing to a spot, you know, even when we do our plyos and you're doing your plyo work close to a wall, we want our guys to throw into a specific spot, X is on the wall. So you feel released when you don't throw to a spot, you don't know always what the arm's doing. You start cutting the ball, coming around it. But at a young age, it's simple as can you make the ball go where you want it to go? And can you adjust off of that? And I'll go real quick, JR, 30 seconds. I mean, Throwing with conviction, as far as training goes, hitting, can you hit with conviction? Absolutely. No, it's, it's, you know, the one thing I always say is the, the intent of your swing needs to match the actual swing itself. So if you're trying to hit a one hopper to the shortstop and, 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 and you're just, you're coming out of your shoes and you're losing the barrel on the backside, 
are you really trying to achieve that goal? Does it does it match? You know, so when we're trying to have our peak exit velocity days and we're trying to hit a certain number, say say that number is 95, um, you know, our swings need to match that intensity. So, yeah. yes, yes, you. but it's also something that you do practice. Like I, I'm trying to hit the ball as hard and as far as I possibly can. You know, and then all of a sudden you we back off and have a field day where that's not the goal. That's not the intent. Our, my intent is now just to keep barrel control. So it does change, but you can manipulate it and you can master it. So yeah. and, and I think that goes to where Daniel's talking about. We talk about pitchers, and I'll go back to there, and you can take if you want. But pitchers always, I got a bullpen, I got a bullpen. 90% of the bullpens that high school athletes do are pointless. They're trash. They're, they're, they do not transfer over to a game whatsoever. It's always nice and smooth and easy. When it comes game day, adrenaline's running, there's runners behind you. You need something to hold on to and grab. And that goes back to what you were saying, throwing conviction. So you got to practice those moments every day. Yeah, because at some point, the velocity, great. The recovery is great. The mechanics, uh, the efficiencies, all the stat is great. Pitchability matters. Can you go out there and get it? Hitability matters. Can you go out there and, and square one up constantly? That's probably when you want to go to the showcase yeah. right there. So, all right, guys. Uh, hey, um, I, I enjoyed it, man. I'm looking forward to uh, continuing the podcast, and uh, I appreciate you being on board with us, man. Oh, yeah, this was fun. Yeah, so any closing thoughts? Good. Oh, I can't wait for the next one. To be honest with you. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll give uh, again. Give a shout out. Uh, he couldn't be here for it, but give a shout out to our producer Kobe Rich of Get Rich Digital. It does absolutely incredible work. We'll give him a pass that he was late. His first time to ever be late. I've been late on him probably ninety percent of the time, so he can't give me shit anymore about it. So, uh, Houston traffic. Uh, Chris, what you got, man? I got nothing. Got nothing. Got it. Uh, no. Dynamite drop in their money. Hey, <laughs> I love it. Hey, no. Hey, we appreciate you guys checking us out and listening in. A lot more to come. More players of the month. Check us out. Uh, we'll be getting you guys involved with some phone ins and questions. If there's anything you'd like to hear, any topics discussed, reach out to us. Find us on Twitter. Find us on Instagram. Follow us on social media. Um, hey, Performance Edge, we're out. Thank you.